0: The COVID-19 pandemic caused the deaths of over 600,000 people. Words cannot describe the devastation that COVID-19 has caused in the United States, South America, Europe, Russia, and in Great Britain. We've lost devoted members of the Carter Report team in India, and thousands of precious souls continue to die without vaccination. Pastor Carter has a message for all those who are hurting by the loss of their mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, sisters and brothers, husbands and wives, friends, neighbors, doctors and nurses. We are blessed to know that death is not the end and that roses will bloom again.
1: Hello, friend. I'm John Carter. Welcome to the Carter Report and welcome to our home right here in Australia. This is COVID-19 time, and the borders are sealed in Australia. This place is surrounded by thousands of miles of ocean. You can't come in and you can't come out. And so we're here, I don't know how long, but for the foreseeable future. But we welcome you today to The Carter Report. Some time ago in the United States, I was listening to the Gaither Singers. They're some of my favourite singers. And they had a beautiful young woman and she sang in the the country style, that beautiful song, Roses Will Bloom Again. The story tells about an old man uh, married for many, many years and his wife dies. And the song says he's left to go on by himself, alone. But then the theme comes through, roses will bloom again, just wait and see. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. doesn't matter what happens in this life, my friend, roses will bloom again. We lived in Southern California for 32 years in a place called Thousand Oaks. The best place in all the world for roses is Southern California, believe you me. Our front yard was filled with roses, but sometimes we would get cold winters. On one occasion, about 30 years ago, we actually got snow in our front yard, but that was unusual. But during the winter time, the roses would lose their leaves. But after winter comes spring, and after spring comes summer, and the roses bloomed again. That's my message today. We're going to talk about life after death. Roses will bloom again.
0: Pastor, we're talking today about the loss of loved ones. And I remember that you had a very moving experience in Russia with a young mother and her baby. Can you tell us about it?
1: I'll never, ever forget it. We ran a great evangelistic campaign in Nizhny Novgorod, the city of Gorky in Russia in the year 1992. I tell you, my friend, we, we absolutely saw the glory of God. We saw the mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. We saw thousands and thousands of people baptized in the cold waters of the Volga River. During that tremendous series of meetings, which was anointed by God, we had a great Russian choir. The choir leader was a beautiful young woman with this long, black, glossy hair. Her name was Anna. I'll never forget her, she was such a a talented musician, such a, a great singer and such a great choir leader. It was my custom for more than 15 or 16 years in Russia After every campaign, we ran to go back and see how the folks were doing. That's what the Apostle Paul did, you know. And so we went back in the winter of 1993, six months after the the great campaign in Nisli Novgorod. It was a Friday afternoon. It was perishing cold. It was snowing heavily. And Russia, I tell you, my friend, Russia can get very, very very cold, and there was a knocking on my door in my room at that time. Was Pastor Alexander Antonuk, who was the my manager and a tremendous, tremendous person, tremendous Russian Christian. Persistent knocking on the door. Alexander went to the door, and there were two men there, both about the same age. One man was a doctor, and the other man was the now wait for this. The other man was the husband of our choir leader, Anna. Because Anna had just given birth to two little girls, twins, and she was dying in the local hospital. The father and the doctor, with their eyes streaming, with tears, they said, Pastor Carter, come with us in the name of God. They spoke through with Russian, of course, through a translator. They said, please come to the hospital. And so we went to the hospital. It was so cold, and Russia had had, had a financial collapse, and the hospital was basically bare of, of medicines and drugs. So they gave us those special shoes to wear, and they put a cap on our heads and, and gowns, and we were taken into the emergency ward. And there was Anna. There was Anna. She was dying for the want of $10 worth of medicines, which we didn't have, and the Russians at that that time didn't have. I held her hand and I prayed that God, oh God, please heal Anna. She's had these two little baby girls. Uh, Please take care of Anna. But that Friday night as the Sabbath came in in Russia, somebody came to us with the message Anna and one of the babies has just died. I'll never forget it. I was asked to take the funeral. Anna was buried in a cardboard box that they painted, somebody had painted roses on the box. You say, why a cardboard box? Why why didn't they have, a well, because they were so poor. We had purchased a little bus. And so they put the coffin in the bus and, and we walked behind the bus. We went to this large Russian cemetery, so cold. The wind was moaning. And there was a large group of Christians there, the people who had survived the communist atheistic Holocaust. The Holocaust had destroyed 70 million lives. Did you get this? Don't talk to me about the benefits of atheism and communism. They had killed 70 million people, some say 100 million people in the 70 years they reigned over the Russian people. Anna was lying there in the open cardboard coffin and at her breast was her little baby, this tiny little baby. The Russians stroked her long black hair. And then they sang hymns. I'll never forget it. The hymns ascending to God, a song of praise from the midst of that Russian winter. That winter, some would say, a winter of human despair. People hungry. Then they asked me to preach the sermon before she was buried into the cold earth. They had to blast the earth open before I got there, because the earth was frozen. I talked to them about the resurrection of Christ. I spoke to them about the return of Christ. I spoke to them about the resurrection when Jesus will come, when the dead are going to be raised. It is the truth. The dead are going to live again. Roses. Yes, roses will bloom again, one day. Just wait and see.
0: Do you have proof that Jesus Christ died and was resurrected?
1: On the Sunday morning, the body of Christ was missing. Nobody disputes this. Christ was crucified. And then on the Sunday morning, the body of Christ was missing. Now, I, I want to ask all of you this question. Here it is. I ask it as I've asked hundreds of thousands of atheists, and communists in Russia, Ukraine, and other places around the world. Here is the question. What happened to the missing body of Christ? Because everybody knows on the Sunday morning, the tomb was empty and the body was missing. There are these possibilities. I want you to notice them carefully. Number one, there's the possibility that the Roman soldiers came and got the body, the Roman authorities got the body of Christ and therefore they were holding on to the body of Christ. I can't believe this. Nobody believes this because when the apostles started to preach the resurrection of Christ, the Romans didn't like it and the best way to... Absolutely destroy the idea of the resurrection is to produce a dead body. I think everybody would concede this. So the Romans didn't get the body. The second possibility is that the Jewish authorities had the body. But the argument that applies to the Romans applies with equal or even greater force to the Jewish people. The Jewish people tried to do everything they could to squelch and destroy the infant Christian church. And uh, the apostles went forth and proclaimed with, with great power the resurrection of Christ. What better way to destroy the Christian church and the idea of the resurrection of Christ than to produce the dead body of Christ? I put it to you. And so nobody seriously believes that the Jewish people had preserved or kept the dead body of Christ. There's another alternative, of course, and that is that the disciples had the body of Christ, the dead body of Christ, that they had come, they'd stormed the tomb, overthrown the Roman soldiers, the the guard of Roman soldiers who stood around the tomb, they'd got rid of the Roman soldiers, they had rolled away the stone that was a massive thing, and they had stolen the body of Christ. That idea is absolutely absurd. Because after the crucifixion of Christ, the disciples were scared to death. They thought they were going to be next. They were hiding in an upper room, scared to death. You see, there's security in numbers. They did not have the courage or anything to storm the tomb and destroy or or to get the body of Christ. So I, I can't believe this. Now, there's another alternative, and this is the only alternative that a rational person can accept. Here it is The body was missing from the tomb because the body had been resurrected from the dead. Did you hear this? The only alternative is that the body of Christ was missing because the body of Christ had been resurrected. From the dead. I'm going to read it to you in Matthew chapter 28 and verses 1 down to 6. Listen carefully. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him, became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord was laid come and see where he was they said he's not here he is risen now some folks will say to me but you know you can't read, you can't believe that stuff but most rational people i know believe in history we believe in caesar we believe in napoleon we believe in the popes of the Middle Ages. We believe in great historical figures. Now, the people who saw these things were not frauds. They were not religious conmen. They were simple-hearted people. Some of them were fishermen. Bless your heart. They wrote it down. They recorded it. And these recordings were faithfully preserved And they've come down to our day intact. The record is that Christ was raised from the dead and there were eyewitnesses.
0: Pastor, to present a compelling case in our courts today, we rely on truthful witnesses. Did anyone actually see Jesus after his death and resurrection?
1: Uh, that's, a, that's really a, a great question. Were there eyewitnesses? Now, as Wayne just asked the question, um, he said uh, even our court system today is based on the testimony of witnesses. But the amazing thing is that when we talk to sceptics on occasion and we talk about the witnesses who saw Christ after he was raised from the dead, they say we don't believe in the testimony of witnesses. But the whole law structure in the United States of America, Australia, Great Britain, every civilised country, it is based upon the fidelity of witnesses that they're going to tell the truth. Now, were there witnesses who testified concerning the resurrection of Christ? Yes. There was a very simple person. Her name was Mary Magdalene. She was one of the most fervent disciples of Christ. Christ had saved her from a life of sin and shame. And on the Sunday morning, she was there at the tomb. The tomb was empty. She was uh, absolutely in a state of consternation and shock. She was standing there outside the tomb and she saw a person standing there outside the tomb. Of course, there was a bit of mist across the ground early in the morning. And she said to this person, she thought this person was probably the gardener. And she said, do you know where Jesus is? She she said, do you know where Jesus is? Can you tell me where Jesus is? And if you can tell me where Jesus is, I'll come and I'll get him and I'll take him away. And then the person whom she thought was the gardener, said to her one word, Maria, Mary. She cried out, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, it is really you, Jesus. And she fell down and she grabbed hold of him by the ankles. He said, don't hold on to me now. I'm going home to my father's house. We'll talk later. Later on, Jesus was seen by all of the disciples. They were in an upper room. They did not believe for one moment that Christ had been raised from the dead. They'd heard the report of the women. They thought the women were crazy. Jesus came and visited them and he said to them, Peace be to you. And then he sat down with them because they were terrified. They thought he had to be a ghost. And he said, have you got anything here to eat? <laughs> and so Jesus ate with them, piece of bread, piece of fish. Later on, he was seen by a man by the name of Thomas who said, I, I just don't believe any of this faith stuff. I'm not going to believe unless I actually touch him, unless I actually feel him with my hands. On one occasion, he was seen by more than 500 people at the present time. These people were not frauds. Let me read you the story, please. I'm going to read it to you. Let me see if I can find it. I'm going to come over here to 1 Corinthians and its chapter... I'm getting hot now. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 3 down to 8. This is written by one of the greatest characters in the history of the human race, The great Jewish scholar, Paul, or Saul, he says, verse 3, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, that's Peter, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James then by all the apostles then last of all he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. Now folks, did you hear this? He was seen by the disciples. They actually saw him. They ate with him. And on one occasion, he was seen by more than 500 people. They actually saw him. They talked to him. And then last of all, he was seen by this man, Paul, one of the greatest minds in the history of the human race. Who were these people? Religious charlatans? No, they weren't. Just earnest, simple, decent, honest people. That's who they were. They were so convinced about the reality of the resurrection of Christ that moved by a holy unction. They went out and they proclaimed the resurrection of Christ right across the Roman Empire. Many of them were put to death because of their faith. They died in the Circus Maximus. They were killed by the barbaric Romans. But they continued to preach and to teach on, and they preached with such power and compassion that they overthrew the Roman Empire. Now, frauds don't do this. You don't die for something you don't believe in. But these people believed it so much that they were prepared to die for it. These were the eyewitnesses, and they wrote it down. And there were hundreds and hundreds of recorded uh, copies made, and we have those copies today. They are authentic. I believe that Christ was raised from the dead because he was seen by hundreds and hundreds of witnesses.
0: What are the reasons that the resurrection is so important to each of us?
1: The great Jewish scholar, Paul or Saul as he's sometimes called, made a tremendous impact upon the world. The person who's made the greatest impact upon Western civilization, the whole of the human race, is Jesus Christ. Not Lenin or Stalin or any of those monsters and none of the present politicians, but a Jewish man who lived 2000 years ago. Jesus Christ who died and who was raised from the dead. This is an absolute fact. But after Jesus, the next person who made the greatest influence on the progress of society and freedom and democracy and everything else was this Jewish scholar, Paul. Let me tell you this. If there had been no Paul who gave to us most of the New Testament and the book of Romans, there would have been no reformation. And if there had been no reformation, there would have been no democracies. We owe the democracies to the writings of of the great apostle Paul. This is a fact. If there'd been no Paul, there would have been no freedom, no democracies, no Bill of Rights, no great constitutions, none of those things. And the Apostle Paul actually saw Jesus Christ with his own eyes. And the Apostle Paul wrote it down why he believed in this resurrection. And I'm going to come now to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20 and onwards. Listen to the words of one of the greatest minds in the history of the human race. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 20 and onwards. Listen to it. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made Alive. What he is saying is this. Because of the historical reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, one day all people are going to be raised. And for the believer in Christ, roses will bloom again. Make no doubt about it. The Apostle Paul said Christ was raised from the dead and therefore there is coming a better day. The sun is going to shine again. The roses will bloom again and the dead will be raised from their tombs
0: the carter report has a new weekly updated message for you from pastor carter this update is not available on your normal broadcast station It is only available on your favorite streaming device, Roku, Amazon Fire, YouTube, Apple TV, Vimeo, our podcast, The Carter Report website, also the official Carter Report mobile app. You receive these additional weekly updates only by streaming. They are not available through your broadcast station. Pastor Carter updates crucial issues happening in our world every week. The most current events facing each and every one of us are explored in a new light. Get your exclusive new, weekly updates through the Carter Report app. Only available on your streaming device. Find out now what important stories are included in this week's update. Time. It takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Second, accept His free gift of eternal life. And then, you're saved. It's not hard, it doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. I accept that your Son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is, Tell someone, fellowship with other followers of Jesus. Get baptized, read your Bible and pray. Choices, we make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website. For a copy of today's program,